fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. There we go. Zen 4 is a red-hot powerhouse. It is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. This is the Early Burb I'm Eagle Falcon. Bitcoin is up 8.1%, which brings it up 6.04% so far this week, and Ethereum is up 8.4%, bringing it up 5.24% so far this week. I have no idea what the cause of the crypto rally is. I really, really don't. I have a feeling that it's related to the current state of the stock market as people begin to try and get out of that sinking um, nonsense that's going on right now due to the dreaded R word. And maybe some of it is just going into crypto as people panic. That's just my speculation. I legitimately have no idea. I could not find any crypto stories that led to this reasoning. So I don't know. Mostly because all of the tech news was very, 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 very focused on the Ryzen 7000 series. The embargo is lifted, the reviews are out, and the performance of these chips is very, very interesting. These chips basically do not have a set clock speed. I mean, they do, but they don't. What the Ryzen 7000 series will do is that it will basically, rather than look for a set clock speed to operate at and then trying to eek a little bit more wherever it feels like it can, it will instead essentially overclock itself until it reaches the hard limit of 95 degrees Celsius. That's not exactly what's going on, but it essentially is what, what's going on. And then have its clock speed be based on that and then hold steady at that point. This means that Ryzen 7000 series its performance will be radically affected by how good of a cooler you put on top of it. It's kind of interesting how Ryzen has been, whether accidentally or intentionally, making us rethink how we plan our builds. Normally you think of a budget build, you used to not care about the memory speed, and you used to not care about the cooler. Whatever the cooler is, it's going to get the job done well enough. You're not going to overclock on a budget build anyway. Now with the Ryzen 7000 series, on the other hand, yeah, it's built to run at 95 degrees Celsius constantly. And if you put a good enough cooler on it, if you go ahead and give it custom water cooling, if you give it an a, um, all-in-one water cooler, doesn't care. It's going to go ahead and push to that 95 degrees Celsius mark and draw more power to do it and clock higher to do it. I'm not going to lie, my first thought when I heard this was, whoa, that seems absolutely insane. But at the same time, I mean, hey, if the thing's built to do it, why not? That's kind of where I have to stand on Ryzen 7000 right now. Now, granted, we will ha I don't have all the details yet. The embargo only just lifted, and many of the Hardware testers are going to be going ahead and doing a lot of cooling experiments after making this discovery. So we'll have to wait and see just how good AMD Ryzen can get on, you know, some crazy over-the-top liquid cooling systems. Because before you'd only use like a 
240 or a 360 all-in-one water cooler for the really high-end chips, and that was it. You, There was almost no reason to go well, like a dual RAD custom loop or anything crazy like that, unless your GPU was in it as well, and the GPU was something like a 3080 or a 3090. Well, now maybe that whole thing doesn't seem as crazy. This is going to be a very interesting time for computer enthusiasts, for certain. Now, while my Echo Dot decided to just interrupt me there, <laughs> um, what about the budget builds? Honestly, Ryzen 7000 doesn't look good for budget builds. If your performance is going to be very much focused on your cooling solution, what's included with the, with the CPU is not going to be good enough. You're going to want something higher end, which then means another chunk of money you're going to be spending. On top of that, the motherboard and chipsets are brand new, so their costs are higher. They're using DDR5 memory. There is no DDR4 option for Ryzen 7000. So your RAM costs are going to be higher. If you're just looking for a stopgap platform to use as you're waiting for something else to come out, Ryzen 7000 is not going to be the thing to go with. Many of the reviewers pointed out, if you're looking for budget, the old, oh God, what was it? Um, Ryzen 58... Oh man, I feel bad that I forgot the name of this. Oh, I'm like scrambling through my stuff right now. There's a Ryzen 5000 series chip that was like a 5800 or, or something with like 3D buffered vCache or something like that. And I am losing my mind right now because <laughs> of course the article I quickly grabbed for quick reference doesn't have that specific chip on it. That would be convenient. But it may be better off going with an older... Ryzen 5000 series chip. And there was one specifically I know that came out towards the end of the life cycle that is a very good performing chip. Now, if you're planning on getting Ryzen 7000 to go ahead and be the platform you build on for a long time, I would say honestly it's a good idea, but, 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 holding off for a month might not be the worst idea in the world. Because... Intel is supposed to be having their next generation CPUs coming out. And one of two things will happen. One, Intel will hit back against AMD so hard that perhaps the Intel platform looks like it's worth going for. Or the Intel platform will be threatening enough that AMD might have to release some other chips with that 3D vCache like we were talking about a little bit, whatever the heck it was. We might see some other Ryzen 5 7000 series chips to compete against the Intel chips, or we might see a price drop if the Intel chips try to beat the Ryzen chips on performance per dollar. Either way, it's only a month. I would strongly recommend just waiting that little bit longer to see how things go. Honestly, I'd just wait a little bit longer anyway, just to see how the economy behaves and whether you may in fact need to scale back any sort of plan build just to handle financial uncertainty coming up. But you know, that's just a little bit of responsible adult eagle kind of peeking through. But responsible adult eagle wouldn't ever look at a kingpin card, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Kingpin, also whom the name was given to Mr. Vince Lucido has said that he's not ruling out 
post-EVGA hardware. Vince used to work for the EVGA extreme overclocking video card department. He would constantly release, with every generation, a Kingpin Edition card. That would be the highest-end card that was available for that generation with a comically overbuilt cooling solution that, oddly enough, you took off because the card is built for liquid nitrogen overclocking and, in fact, has all the various hardware ports and whatnot already pre-built into it for such extreme overclocking. But does have a very good stock cooler to get some very good stable overclocks without doing anything extreme like LN2. Well, with EVGA getting out of the GPU business, Vince isn't going to be making any EVGA kingpin cards. So, he's willing to offer what he does to other manufacturers. Who's going to be first on the list? No one is certain as of yet, but if I had to guess, Asus. That's just my guess. Most of the other GPU manufacturers don't seem to try and go for that, like, extreme gaming, gamer, gaming, gaming sort of vibe that EVGA had. I mean, EVGA went above and beyond. They wanted the most over-the-top cards out there. That's why they hired Vince in the first place. But no one else in the GPU space really has that kind of out-there attitude. Asus always just seems eager to step into any new territory. MSI is... I don't know, MSI, it's weird. Like, they seem content doing their own thing, but they never know what their own thing is. Like, they have no idea what their other hand is doing. And maybe we'd see something, someone like Galax or some of those other, like, smaller GPU brands, but try to do ahead and do something crazy. Maybe they'd go ahead and make an offer to Vince that's worth his while. But right now, if I had to place a bet, I'd say the safe money is on Asus. But I have not much to back that up. What is surprising, though, there's going to be an E3 2023. I know. I'm stunned that it actually is going to be coming back. I thought that E3 was just going to be done. Absolutely done. So they plan on running the event from June 13th to the 16th. Now, of course, there are planned to be digital events that will be on June 11th, and most likely on June 12th as well. Then the physical expo will be going from 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. The 15th being dubbed E3 Business Day, and what was the other weird day that had a name? Oh no, the 13th and the 15th will be dubbed E3 Business Days, whereas the 15th and the 16th will be known as E3 Gamer Days, offering an increased focus on consumers where they can go hands-on with the future of gaming and connect with developers. We'll just see how many people sign on to this. That's all I gotta say for this. After so many years of E3 just not happening, I am very curious to see how many are gonna wanna go ahead and jump back on, because I personally liked E3. I personally liked a centralized event that everyone could go ahead and schedule all their announcements at one nice convenient time. It was very nice from my point of view as an amateur podcaster and streamer that covers these events. 
rather than trying to keep track of so many other different dates. But we'll see how this goes. I'm surprised to see it's going to be around. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.